Hello, lovelies, to another episode of the Barefoot Hustler, where all of us hustlers don't like to wear shoes. So today I'm talking with Neela Vandersmissen, who is the founder of Wonder, an organization that supports connecting individuals and organizations to their unique genius through both online and in-person trainings, retreats, workshops, and consulting. Having worked to bring more connection and workplace cohesion to corporations such as Snapchat, Neela has profound insight into the challenges and struggles of disconnected businesses and individuals and offers us simple and actionable steps to cultivate more awe, wonder, joy, and bliss into our life. We talk on topics such as the immense power of awe and wonder to deeply shift our perspective, how to overcome resistance, let go, and surrender to the flow of life, how to bring more communication to your workplace to improve compassion and connection, how to access your magic on the daily to be more turned on by life, the power of storytelling in deeply understanding yourself and others, and how to heighten your sensitivity for more joy and bliss. It was so much fun speaking with Neela, who is such a grounded optimist in the new studio, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. So without further ado, let's go. Welcome everyone to the Barefoot Hustler podcast, where hustlers, creatives, and seekers unite and realize we're all one, where the hustle meets the flow. I'm your friend and host, Sejin Gunaritis, and my intention is to delinear the labels we always try and squeeze into and give permission for us to live in the spaces between. So whether you're a hustler that could benefit from slowing down and bringing more alignment and purpose to your work, or you're a free spirit that's getting a calling to bring more structure, drive, and creation to your life, I'm super grateful you're taking a wee little chunk of your day to grow with me, both for your future self and the collective at large. Together, let's pioneer a new way of living and redefine what it means to live a rich, connected, and purposeful life in the 21st century. Let's all be barefoot hustlers. So take off your shoes, grab a coffee, and let's jump in. We on. Yay. Yay. Welcome, Neela, to the Barefoot Hustler. First time in this podcast studio. I'm excited. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a privilege and a pleasure to be here. Yeah, seeing as we only met a few weeks ago, actually, as well. This is true. Mm. Uh, how I like to start all episodes is checking in. How do you feel physically, mentally, spiritually? I'm feeling very excited today, mm. very alive, like the river is really flowing in all the good ways, and I'm just allowing myself to bob along in it. Mm, can I ask what's allowed the bobbling? What's allowed it? Mm. I think I've just surrendered to it, mm. surrendered to not having to know what's next and just really embracing this inner freedom of, I can say yes to the things that feel right when they come on my path mm. and I don't need to know or I don't need to plan too much. I mean, I can have a dream, I certainly have dreams, but I'm sort of allowing it to unfold right now and it's really nice to not feel too pressured or too stressed about what's going to happen and just allowing myself to feel excited when a yes shows up and mm. just, yeah. Is it like a yes opportunity or a yes in your body? Both, mm. yeah. It can be like a feeling of, oh, I met a really cool person and I just want to spend some time with them. Mm. Or it could be, oh, someone asked me to do a podcast. <laughs> I'm going to yes. say yes to that. Yes. So is this, it sounds like this is, is this different to how you've been in the past? Where you maybe have been less receptive to the yeses or? Yeah, I think so. And I think we, I mean, I don't want to say we, I don't want to talk for everybody, but I definitely always created situations in myself to keep, uh, in my life to keep myself safe. Sort of, you know, I have different routines and different ways I do things. And 
I like to know where my money's coming from, and mm. I like to know wh- who I'm going to hang out with. Sort of all these like little flags of safety, mm. and I've been slowly removing them over the last. 12 months and now I'm just bobbing in the mystery a little bit which is really beautiful and yeah I'm really enjoying it I love that and I want to let's go straight into it well uh, I'll ask what you do after but I'll let the audience bubble in the mystery (laughs) (laughs) what has allowed for you because is it trust that's allowed for you to fully surrender to what's coming without trying to control moving forward what has allowed you to do that I mean I feel like that's one of the biggest strongest superpowers we can ever have is throw up hands to the air and just flow with the river of life rather than you know I've heard an analogy where people are swimming so tirelessly up the stream and we're trying so hard it's like hey buddy if you just let go and relax mm. the stream will take you to where you need to go and mm. sometimes that might infor- uh, involve a waterfall but you have to trust that what's down beneath the bottom of the waterfall is pure magic is is what's meant to be Mm. and it might involve darkness or uncertainty or just the unknown but the hardest thing is the trust is to stop swimming so hard upstream yeah what helped you yeah that's a great question Mm. thank you I think I started with a desire I started last year the beginning of last year and this is an unfolding thing for me I'm always leaning deeper into trusting it's something that I'm consciously focusing on Mm -hmm. but I started last year with this desire to have more spaciousness in my life and I didn't know how I was going to create it again it was like I have a longing and I'm going to put this question out there and see how it's going to be answered how did that need or desire for more spaciousness bubble up what that look like I was still working a corporate job. So I was working at Snapchat at the time. Um, I've heard of it. <laughs> you've heard of it, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I was traveling a lot. I had a very busy busy job. Traveling f- for work. For work, yeah. Traveling for work a lot. Had a really busy job. Early mornings, late nights. That's what position at Snapchat? I was a council specialist at Snapchat, which was a very mm. unique role. <laughs> a council specialist, what yeah. does that mean? So at Snapchat, um, they had a practice called council, which is a type of circle Mm -hmm. that every team has access to in Snapchat. What circle? Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Circle is a way of people being together in a conscious space and sharing stories. So it's a way to create a unique environment where people can come and share and really connect on a human level. So the intention of it is you are together and you pause and take time away from what you're doing if it's in a work environment and you really just spend time consciously listening to other people and connecting with them. Mm, it's funny how that's actually so different to no- the normal way of living. Totally. Which is so crazy. I've actually only heard of Circle in non-work terms where it's like a women's circle or a more kind of spiritual undertone I've actually never heard of circle in the workplace so so you were facilitating these circles I was facilitating these circles and helping build this program and um, yeah it was really really magical how that came about and also the effect it had on people in the workplace wow I can imagine Mm -hmm. I remember my first women's circles years ago and I wasn't even coming from a corporate setting but the shock I had, I think I said it in a story once in a podcast, I think I'd missed like a, a Pilates class and it was at 
this holistic health gym and I just missed the class and they're like, oh, sorry, there's no more space, but we have a women's circle starting in 15 minutes. I'm like, what is this women's circle? And I kind of went there. I was like, I want the Pilates. And there's five of us. And I feel like my life fully, I mean, everything changes the direction of your life. But I don't know, maybe it was like eight years ago. And it was the first time I was sitting with complete strangers. All of them happened to be women. It wasn't just for women, but it just happened to be all women that night. And I was full opening up about stories and insecurities and things that I had never even shared to many people mm. at all, yet I was sharing them with strangers. And then over the past years, I can see how that was created, like this container, this circle, where if the facilitator is a strong one, is a powerful one, they can set the tone of vulnerability and create that safety that allows us to open up. I can't imagine doing that in a corporate setting. That's so needed. It's so. I love that story so much. It's mm. so similar to mine. I ended up in a retreat in Montana eight years ago or nine wow. years ago. Had never sat in circle before. Mm. Didn't really know what I was doing with my life. And I arrived and the opening circle of this retreat um, started and everybody passed this talking piece and it went round and I just cried from the first minute. And it went on for like three or four hours because wow. everyone shared. There was 33 yeah. women. And I remember getting the talking piece and holding it. And the question was, who are you? Mm. Who are you? That was oh, it, shit. you know? And <laughs> I didn't know. Whoa. I didn't know. And I realized <laughs> in that moment, also I was so moved by everyone else's story. And I realized that it was a way of connecting I'd never experienced in my life. Did other people answer with certainty on who they were? That's a big freaking um, question. <laughs> I mean, more certainty than me was my mm. impression. I definitely, I had imposter syndrome. Mm. I had all the feelings. What retreat was it, sorry? It was a women's retreat. Okay, um, and what did you think it was going in? I mean, I knew it was a women's retreat and it was one of those moments in life where I completely trusted my yes and said yes to something that I didn't fully know what it was going to be. And it completely changed my life as it turned out. But I... For the whole seven days I was there, I fell apart. I just cried because wow. I realized I wasn't living my own life. Oh, my God. That, yes. That and, moment. And being at yeah, that moment. Oh, too. my God. <laughs> and, and then I was in Montana in the middle of nowhere. I was How like, many oh. years ago was this? Hmm? How many years ago was this? 2015. Mm. So your experience of realizing that you weren't living your own life, mm. it wasn't like a tragic someone died or you passed someone passed away or something like that it was you in this yeah super vulnerable circle yes was there a lot of comparison with you and the other women yeah i i just in your perception sorry yeah in my perception mm. i felt like i didn't belong there mm. you know that everyone else was better than me then you know that they were more powerful than me then they had more experience and all the things they already knew what they were doing and i had no mm. clue and it was very very um yeah, lots of tears. Yeah, mm, wow. <laughs> very confronting. Fully. But also, I came out of that with a really strong feeling of this, this thing I want to experience. The way it moved me, the way that I felt held by the people there, the women there, I had never experienced a sisterhood as mm. such like that. Oh my God. Even though I knew. I had amazing friends and amazing women in my life, but not that level of vulnerability. There is such a difference. You yes. can have friends and you can have sisters. I mean, that's how I yes. phrase it, where it's sisters that see you no matter what. They hold space for you unconditionally. I also got um, someone asked me what I kept 
what I meant when I kept saying hold space oh, the yes. other day. Yeah. So how would you describe holding space? Oh, oh, wonderful question. I would say is to offer someone your full presence mm. so that they feel safe to share what's really true for them in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so you're basically creating a little space for them to feel held. Mm. You know, that's what holding space is. Not and giving advice, not trying no, to... No, yeah. not fixing. Yeah. You know, because we try to do that so often. And I still do that too, of course. I'm only mm, human. Fully. Yeah. It comes from a good place. Yeah. Like, I want to help you. Yeah. It's like the biggest medicine, the best medicine is just... Shut holding. Just yeah. See. Just be there. Yeah, be there. Yeah. And that. so that's it. Holding space is just being there. So that was the start of your self-discovery journey. Yeah. And then it all changed because then I came back to Australia and I was like, right, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm. But I want to do that. Mm. I want to hold spaces like this. Because it's so needed, mm. and if it changed my life so much, I want to be able to do that for other people. Mm. And as soon as I knew, it was almost, well, I mean, I know now that that's how it happens, right? When you have clear intent and you have a clear question, then mm. the universe conspires and everything kind of falls into place. Mm. But in that moment, I was like, right, I need a mentor, I need someone to teach me this, where can I learn to be a circle facilitator? Mm-hmm. Well, how am I going to do this in my community? And as soon as I kind of held the question, the right person appeared. She found me. I didn't even find her. Was this before you worked at Snapchat? Yeah, this was before. Before. How yes. many years ago was this? So this was right after I came back from the retreat. Actually, someone at the retreat connected me to a woman in Australia. It's like five years ago. Uh, seven years seven ago. Years eight eight ago. years ago. Wow, okay. Yeah. Amazing. And then so everything started falling into place because you got clear on what you wanted. Yes. And that was helping people experience that revelation moment that experience of oh my god i'm not living in alignment and you wanted to help facilitate people to experience that on their own yes and also these moments like you said it doesn't have to be a struggle i mean it was a struggle for me because Mm. i had a moment of oh my god i'm not living my own life Mm. and it was painful i feel like you need that it's like the i live in analogies it's like you have to sometimes break the lego house and to rebuild it in your own way (laughs) yes fully but it requires that hurts if you break your own lego Lego house but just knowing that it's for the service of yourself. Yeah. And yeah, the courage required. And, and even my, the gratitude that I have is that I got to break it in a really safe space with beautiful people in a, a gorgeous nature setting. Mm. You know, how beautiful. Because mm. a lot of people have that come to Jesus moment, loving analogies. Yeah. They have these moments, but they come in a really like not fun way. It's a lot mm. of suffering. You know, mm. something happens and it kind of breaks the path they were on or they mm. sends them somewhere else but it was unchosen yeah and it was unwelcomed mm. you know yeah you're one of the few stories that isn't through the dark night of the soul right. that really struggle moment someone broke up or you lost a job or covid very rare right and so i thought that's what i want to do for people mm. because if i can experience this kind of joy and connection and have this life-changing moment then we can do this everywhere. Mm. We can do. We can create that any given Saturday. Mm. Like, why are we not doing that? Fully, <laughs> yes. Know? Let's do that. Community events. Yes. Yeah, fully. I love that so much. And then, so that was seven, eight years ago. You got in. Let's slowly start to reveal what you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have heard it through the intro, actually. But um, so you worked at Snapchat. You were facilitating circles for corporate humans. Yes. Yes. I was, yeah. And we did um, lots of events. So we worked on creating this culture of inclusivity and kindness. And that was their main value was to have kindness in in the company, which I think is every company should have that. I don't know why Mm. we don't, you know. 
it's not directly equated to money, to profit right, the bottom but, line. But it is. It is. You yeah. know? <laughs> Down the line, yeah. Um, so we had this amazing company culture where everyone was just delightful because they knew each other's stories and they loved hanging out. Mm. And it, yeah, it was a privilege to be able to create space for that. Was Snapchat, did that attract a younger demographic? Because it's social media. Did like Yes, in general, it? yes. I would say people were younger. Were yes. they receptive? Because I've done some workshops... Um, for corporate companies like Deloitte or Laminex, like these big firms, it's very different speaking to people that have to be there because, you know, their work has put it on. It's like, hey, guys, we're doing a team building exercise. We have to go to this workshop. Right. Versus someone that has found me through Instagram, for example. They love my work. They resonate with my message. They buy a ticket and they're so invested. Mm. The difference is huge. Yes. How did you navigate that? Yes, very perceptive that definitely was alive i think um it was kind of an, a, a work in progress i would say because it got built over the years people had a way of like kind of coming in and wading in the waters a little bit and mm. finding their their feet with it mm. and in the end most people that worked there really embraced it as part of the culture it was mm. kind of like that thing where in the beginning you want to go to the gym and you don't like it but then you go and you're like i feel amazing i don't know why let me do that again mm -hmm. and that was definitely happening for a, a percentage of people you could tell that they would be like kind of hanging waiting Peeking in the wings the and then they would yeah. like come in and then they would be like yeah that was kind of cool i'll come again you know a few months later they're dragging you yeah in yeah, like, yeah totally yeah. what is council yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. can i was like so for the gym you you know some people you get on the scale and that's the difference in is it working or is it not or how much i'm lifting up and down or how quickly i can run on this treadmill what is the difference that you saw on a corporate organizational level or on an individual level like the differences that these circles had for the people at Snapchat? Oh, yeah, super simple. And and this is just simply think about it. It's really hard to dislike a person whose story you know. It's mm, not possible. Yeah. So once someone has shared with you about their life vulnerably and you know them, mm. then you can't have any stories, made up stories about them. Mm. And in the workplace, we do that because it keeps us safe, right? We're like, oh, that person that accounts takes, always takes two days to get back to me and he's just a little bit this or that, mm. you know? And you make up stories to make that okay or to validate your own, you know. Fully, and you see them as like a one-dimensional human totally. where it's like the work aspect. You don't know if he just had a divorce or he's struggling Completely. with his kids. It's like, you know what, work might be one aspect of his life. Mm -hmm. And by seeing him only as Tim, the tech guy, yes, it does remove the human essence of, you know, we're all, so a lot of us are struggling in different ways. I guess it, I guess it, hearing people's stories expands your compassion and understanding. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it's that it enhances it. We called it scaling empathy in the company. Scaling empathy, I love that. Yeah, so That's it so was pretty. that, like, you can't really dislike someone. So people were generally really kind, and it was not like they're not trying to be kind. Mm -hmm. You know, you know each other, so you're kind. And then um, the other thing that happens is when you spend time together like that, you start creating this opportunity for people to really witness each other and their genius, you know, mm -hmm. and... We, what do you mean by genius? Uh, so I like to think, or one of the premises of my company, which I'm sure will come to at some point. <laughs> love this. The river is flowing. Yeah. Mysteries <laughs> bubbling. <laughs> I love it. Um, 
Yeah, the premise is that everybody, in my opinion, has a unique light. There's only one of you, mm -hmm. you know, all of the different ways, everything that had to go right in order for you to be here right now to be alive is out of control. Mm. You know, the odds are zero. But you're here and you have this unique lineage and this unique light that you have to shine on the world. And a lot of people don't really lean into it. We don't all have the opportunity to self-actualize, mm. I guess. But if you create safe spaces, uh, conscious spaces, intentional spaces, mm. where people can come and connect and really see each other in their light and in their genius, and there's, of course, different ways to bring that out, then people are in this state of wonder of the moral beauty of the other person. Moral beauty. Moral beauty. Mm. Because everybody has something to give and a way of express, uh, expressing themselves that's beautiful. Mm. You know, and, and there's ways to sort of bring that out in a group environment where that person's mm. light is then really seen and celebrated. Wow. So that could be like a... So that I see it as like a like where we all have a unique flavor that we bring to the world. Yes. And if we're in a safe enough environment where we don't feel like you know we're fearful of judgment or fearful of failure, we expand ourselves to begin to express this. Yes. yes. Yeah. Can you like how do you create this safe space? Uh, what do you do in a sure. circle? Sure. You know, it's really easy. This mm. is the fun part. Mm. Stuff like this is not that hard. It just um, one of the things would be like you can create a circle. And it just means every person speaks like one at a time mm. and everyone else is invited to listen. So normally, I think in most group situations, there are a few people that tend to speak more, mm. you know, they tend to carry most of the weight and then the other people don't get to share their genius so much because it's just they're maybe more introverted, mm. you know, or it's not their first language. Mm -hmm. But creating a space where everyone's voice is heard one at a time and really making sure everyone gets to contribute. That's mm. like basic, mm -hmm. that's the basic stuff. And really getting people to share stories. So we're, you would never ask a question like, what's your unique genius? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah well, so you get people to share stories because storytelling really compels and really connects. And you get people to share stories, really simple stories. It could just be like, Tell a story about something that brought you joy that you did with, you know, with friends mm. on the weekend. Is there a way or it's like, I feel like at my commu community events, when everyone comes and people are in ones or twos, and everyone's a bit like apprehensive, but you know, they're here to connect, to meet people. I guess these, this is, these are icebreakers that I'm referring to where it's, um, you need something to either break the tension or to get everyone to understand it's a safe space. There was, Age, oh, years ago I held a workshop and I simply said hey guys this is a safe safe environment safe mm. space but unless you actually set the tone unless you prove that and give evidence of that you can't just tell someone hey you're safe it's like well actually of course so is there a way to just say if there's been you know a team of 10 people they've been working together for years and they haven't had that opportunity to be raw and vulnerable and you get them together finally how do you break that tension and see that they're more than Tim the tech guy? Yes, great. First, The first thing is getting them in their bodies. Mm -hmm. So doing a grounding practice. Mm -hmm. So it can be a game or it could be depending on what the comfortability of the people are. So you kind of read the field and you're like, are these people comfortable with a meditation, for example, mm -hmm. or not? Maybe it's a game. Maybe... 
um, it's a movement, mm -hmm. you know, or a dance. Mm -hmm. It can be different for each team, but when they're in their bodies, then they're already safer. Yeah, fully. Yeah. So we, we start with that. And Is then, it, yeah. yeah, and then after that, we do a check-in like we just did. Mm -hmm. We'll get everyone to check in and put their voice in the middle. Mm. And then it's a story. Mm. And people like love that. telling stories. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So that was, let's slowly reveal. <laughs> so that's Snapchat. You're, you're having circles. You're sorry, creating circles. Um, how did that lead to where you're at now? Sure. So I had this dream. Mm of having my own company where um, people could really come and meet their magic. That was it. That's what I always knew. I was like, how can we get people to really find their light? What's the difference between genius and magic? Mm, genius, I think, is like your unique, I don't want to get too much into semantics, mm -hmm. but I think it's more like your unique essence you know, the imprint that you were born with, that you have the capacity to actualize in this life if, if you choose to. That's magic. That's genius. Genius, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yay. 50-50 <laughs> chance, yeah. I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so that's genius, okay. Yeah, and magic is just something that we all have access to. Okay, yeah. 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 Mm. I, can, I can see the difference. I'm yeah. visualizing it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So you had the desire to get people to connect with their magic. Yeah, to get build both their genius and their magic, mm -hmm. I guess. So the, the two would be, I think, I know, everyone has a light. And, you know, my breaking point was realizing I wasn't living it or mm. I didn't have it, it wasn't turned on, mm. you know. And I, I had a desire to do something bigger. Actually, before we go on, what was the, the part of your life that you were most in misalignment with? Probably, well, everything, you know. I would say I definitely had friends in my life that weren't serving me in doing what I wanted to do. I wasn't in the right job. Um, I wasn't sure if I was living in the right place. Like everything was up for like, mm -hmm. up for questioning. At Did that you time. feel it at the time? Did you, were you unhappy or dissatisfied? Um, no, I was just mm -hmm. living a normal life. And that's a scary thing. Yeah. Like when I speak, I feel like a lot of the people that immediately nod their head and go, yes, yes, yes. They're on that cusp. So they're like, Oh, I'm not happy. I, I'm, I'm in touch with that dissatisfaction. But the scary thing is like when I look back at the time where I was, you know, full hustling, just so disconnected to my magic, my genius, at the time I thought I was so on path. Me too. I didn't even know that there was any paths, but I just thought that there was no alternative and that that was the only thing. And that's that's a scary part where it's like we're living blindly someone else's route to wherever the hell we're meant to go. Yes, it's not even happiness. It's not, yeah, fully. <laughs> this, yeah, this warped perception of success. But at the time, you think... You're ticking all the boxes. Fully. Yeah, you're like, yeah. I'm, I'm doing great. And in fact, the faster you live, the more you live in your head and the less you're in touch with your body. And the body is where you might be feeling tight and tense. And why do we... So many of us have lower back issues. Sure, my, you know, big aspect of it could be physical massive aspect of it i feel like is the tension of the life that you're living. living you're not living yeah. exactly yeah and just how that's manifested in so much unhappiness or just no motivation or for me it was massively like is this it yes oh, so me hungry. too Boy, i want more mm. but i didn't know what that looked like mm. and yeah. i also had never allowed myself to dream big mm. you know i think a, a lot of us 
and I can talk about this for hours, yeah. just not maybe not where the river will flow. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people that I work with haven't allowed themselves to dream big. You know, they dream in incremental mm. steps. It's kind of like, oh, I have a biggish house now. I want a bigger house, mm. you know. Why do you think that? I think that's just conditioning mm. because that serves our society and the way our, you know, current economic model works, I mm. guess, is that we're being told from a very young age that um, things will make us happy. Mm. And, and they don't. We all know that. Mm. Why do you think pe- some people don't dream big? I think we're not taught to do it. Mm. Like it's not something you're taught in school of like, let's do this imaginary practice where you're allowed to have whatever you want or mm. dream big, you know, and also it keeps us safe mm. because it's easier to not change anything, Fully. you know, because then you have to take accountability for your own life. Fully. <laughs> it is a very tiring journey, the one that we are on, but yeah. once you're on, there's no way. I know you can. Go back. Yeah. No, you can't go blind once you see, but I feel like, it would just find itself probably look back in two years and be like, you thought you were seeing? It's like yeah. this constant, just, yeah, what's it called? Pulling the something up over your eyes. I'm really bad. Oh, the oh, wool over your yeah, eyes. Yes, yeah, yeah, Something yeah. like that. I think that's the right analogy. Um, yeah, that's And so it's a constant, there's no end game. Mm. That's the other thing. Mm. I feel like all the dreams we've been sold are like, you know, the end game of love is marriage. Hell no. <laughs> Blah, what's that? Yeah, yeah, you know, nah. and like there's end games to things and like mm, there isn't. Fully. The destination. Yeah. Mm. We, I mean, why are we not taught that we can always like, it would be so revolutionary if we were always just chasing our joy, mm-hmm. you know, if we were just living in joy and there was no end game of like, I'll be happy or fulfilled when I can buy this house or this car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's, yeah. let's read the bandit out. What do you do in your own words, please? Enlighten us. Yes. So I help people and organizations meet their magic. Okay. That's it. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty damn dope Pretty career. fun, huh? Yeah. Wow. So what is this under company, Wonder? Yeah. It's called yes. Wonder. Okay. How, how many years has, has this been? Oh, it's uh, launched it in January of this year. What? Yeah. It's this a baby. It's a fresh baby. Yeah. So how does this look? How do you help organizations and individuals find their magic? Sure. So at the moment, we have um, some online courses that are running that people can take. So mm. one of them is called Meet Your Magic, mm. which speaks for itself a is little bit. 21 Days? No, that's and then there's 21 Days okay. of Wonder, yeah. saying that um, cultivating wonder is actually one of the greatest gateways to joy. Mm-hmm. And joy is revolutionary, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I've always been kind of curious to understand why a lot of our sort of mental health practices or like, you know, if you look at mindfulness, we're trying to get people to get to a neutral state. You know, we don't want you to be anxious or we don't want you to be depressed. And here are some practices you can do. And I'm like, but what if we got people to just being joyful, Mm. you know? How how does one get from depressed or anxious to joyful? Yeah. And I mean, for me, I think it's one of the things is we've lost our connection with the world because when you're depressed or anxious, it's kind of a contraction that happens. You know, you're really inward and helping people just reach out and reconnect with the world is so alive and all the beauty and all the miracles that are in it Mm. and using that as a gateway. Is the world nature? Yeah, it can be nature. It could also be other people, you know, Mm. moral beauty. So just expanding what, maybe stepping out of your routine, expanding what you do and being curious about new things like 
every day you could learn hundreds of new things just by being like, why is a lime green? Mm. You know? Why do you fully? <laughs> True. Oh my yeah. God, why is the lime? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Do we know? Yeah, I do know. You but do then know. Let's, not, let's not follow that flow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. I'm going to look this up after the podcast. Yeah. Um, Okay, Wanda. I remember reading an article about Wanda years ago mm-hmm. in an, in a magazine called Dumbo Feathers. Do you yes. know? It? Mm-hmm. Do you know it? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Anyone listening? It's a I think it's like a quarterly or monthly publication. Super local. I think it's in Kilda, mm-hmm. and it's conversations with extraordinary people that are making a change in the world. And each publication has a new theme. Amazing. One day, I want to interview someone from Dumbo Feathers, but. Uh, yeah, I read this article about awe and wonder and I remember being on my couch in my childhood home, reading it and it evoked some, it, the, the article about wonder evoked wonder within me uh, yes. and it was so beautiful and like, okay, well, I want to actually pitch to you. What is, what is wonder to you and why is it so life-changing? A great question. You're coming at me with the great questions. <laughs> Thank you. Moment. This is not my yeah. first podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Love this. Mm. Um, I think the answer is it happens in the body. That's the difference. So any experience you have of awe and wonder moves you. You're being moved by the world or mm. by a person, and therefore it's memorable. So every moment that you have experienced or wonder in your life, you'll remember because you've got an imprint of it in your body because it mm. moved you. And that's where um, I have found in creating group experiences or personal experiences with people because I also love taking people out in the wild mm. um, as a personal development um, routine. But wonder is that part of you where you experience something that your mind doesn't grasp. And so it goes into the body and it's like, (gasps) and then you open your every box of beliefs that you're holding that's like, like stock. And then it's open because you've just witnessed something that is like, oh my God, I don't understand. Mm. And then you can go in and change all the other beliefs as well. (laughs) Oh, fully. Okay. So that almost acts as the, the gateway, the gateway. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Cause then it's like, Okay, so it's like shifting beliefs that could it could lead to that totally. But it can I, I, I something that evokes the most awe and wonder just regularly for me is sunset. Yes. I have this soul connection with the sunset. When I did my yoga teacher training in Bali, we were in the shala from four a.m. until five p.m. So it's like thirteen hours, and by the end there were thirty of us. 30 women, one man. <laughs> and um, by the end, we're just like, we need to get out, go, like, just leave the shala. It was me and three other women where no matter, like, we would stay, we'd go downstairs and just watch Sunset, which we call Daily's Nature Show. And um, <laughs> even though, we were, like, we just need to leave the place, like, like, you could never leave. It was so, it was probably the most beautiful sunset because it was just the edge of the world. And that, it, I felt dwarfed every time. Mm. I'm watching this and I just, all my you know, perceived issues or challenges, they seemed so tiny Small, yes. because this sunset, this giant, like how all these beautiful blood orange colors and everything, and you look down, you're like, I'm a little ant yes. on this world. And it just puts everything in perspective and allowed me to just be present rather than be in the future like I always do or whatever that is. Yes. Yeah, mm. yeah, you've described it. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Please. Would you say you're a more of a sunset person or a sunrise person? 
it's like choosing your babies. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be annoying and say both for different reasons. Sunset, I feel like the colours are more holy schmoly mm-hmm. and just – yeah, it's so magical. But sunrise, you don't share with as many people. Mm. And that, like, one of my favourite times of the entire day is when you wake up and it's still dark and no one's awake. Mm. And it's like you're sharing, you, the, you can finally hear the quiet of the world and you're like, I'm not sharing this world with anyone. It's That's magical in itself. But, yeah, both babies are good. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Great. Yeah, I was going to suggest if you have a favourite, because most people do have a favourite. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I'm a sunset person. Mm-hmm. And one of the wonder invitations to cultivate more wonder in your life would be to do the opposite of what you're used to doing. And go to the other one. Yeah, and just stalk the other one for a while and maybe do that for a week, like go watch the sunrise and make a point of doing that and being really present with it to see what happens in your body if you really intentionally make space for that. Is that because it's different? It's different. Is that a important component of wonder yes Mm. it's the curiosity or the being open to something new and we i did this 21 days of wonder in the beginning of the year Mm. and every day you get an invitation to you know seek wonder or stock wonder is this like a video through yeah you get a different video every day and one of them is you have a day in reverse so you do everything upside down for a day so like if you're an extrovert and you're an introvert that day and like if you like you sunrise dinner in the morning yeah have dinner in the morning <laughs> like as much as you like you work from a different place you take a different mode of transport you you know if you have morning sex you have it in the evening yeah thanks for sharing love that Good are you morning or evening <laughs> I'm going to say the same as you just did. I like both. (laughs) Warm pizza, cold pizza, both delicious. Both delicious. I'm actually late morning sex. Do not discriminate. I'm a late morning sex. That's that's so much information. There we go. Anyone knows that? Um, Love it. How do we reel back? Where are we? Or wonder. Actually, um, I want to jump in and... Brene Brown, Atlas of the Heart. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? Yes, of course. Yeah. Do you remember the distinction between wonder and, and awe? awe? This blew my mind because I'd love them both, but I always put them together. And she was saying, awe is a feeling of, for example, if you're watching Sunset, you look, your mouth drops, you're like, oh my God. And it's the whole dwarfing, um, in- mm-hmm. insignificant, expanding beauty and magic. Whilst wonder is that, but it's the added component of, I think like the it involves you like a play while well, always like you're watching a show while wonder is like you're a part of the show and you're so curious you're, about you're it you're curious and you want to be in connection with it fully yeah. and, it, and it changes your actions or viewpoints or something in a, in a yes. unique way i was like i love that yeah me too i love that mm. and it's that it has the opportunity for you to then be like wait wait a minute if this is so awe-inspiring what else in my life can i make more miraculous you know what mm. else is possible fully yeah. or that feeling in my body why is that so unique why have not why have i not felt that in years or months or whatever that is it's like how can i come back to that state of or in my body without maybe substances or illicit yes. drugs and things like that and that's the whole point mm. i get so excited because i feel like we can just choose this we can cultivate it this is a practice mm-hmm. like you can choose i would like I like to steal this Einstein quote, which is like, there's two ways to see the world. And one is everything's a miracle. And the other is it isn't. Fully. Is that your <laughs> yeah, quote? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, good old this is my favorite quote at the moment. I'm like, I love that. good old Einstein. Mm-hmm. But that's it. You can, you know, really it's cultivate this. And then the, 
the the way your body fe- feels afterwards is so delightful mm-hmm. you know like if you like certain things do more of them mm-hmm. you know okay i have a question yeah because i feel like where am i right now wonder and awe amazing tool to step into more magic mm-hmm. if i was going to go past uh, a year and a half or two septembers ago i was in a really dark place mm-hmm. and if someone came up and was like hey your way out of this really dark yeah mental state go watch sunset or oh, yeah. you know, bring some wonder i would have slapped them across yeah, the face totally understand so, yeah how do you meet people where it's like maybe i don't want to use measurements but yeah like if you're just not in a good place mm-hmm. and it might require maybe deeper work yes how do you yeah how can people in this state use wonder yeah gr- again good question you have done <laughs> this before <laughs> yeah lovely i love this positive feedback yeah. thank you <laughs> I would say what wonder isn't, it isn't an invitation to bypass what's real for you, Mm. you know, because there's also, there's not all beauty has to be pretty. I think that's really important too, Mm. is that there's really beauty to be found in sadness too. You know, there's melancholy, there's amazing poetry and art that's being made from dark places, Mm. you know? Wow, yeah, I like that. And, and... I would say for those people, and in circle, what happens is that everybody is welcome. It is always a come as you are party. Mm. You know, it's never like, I would never say to people, oh, this is a place of wonder. Please show up a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we like to infuse experiences with wonder because I think it's a great gateway to change. But I still want people to be real, mm. you know, and what a gift to be real. Fully. Like, and feel your feelings because actually, Feeling your feelings is the first step to magic. Mm. I think if you cannot feel your feelings in your body, then you haven't amplified your field. And like, yeah, that's a whole different conversation. But mm. learning to fully create a safe space for yourself to feel your feelings and to express your feelings in whatever way feels good to you. Yeah, and I feel it, like in this circle context, it's a gift when someone, like you were at my workshop last Saturday, the first person that cried broke this un- like invisible veil oh. and then we all just allowed ourselves it. to it set the tone of vulnerability it's a permission giver yes exactly yeah because we all want to be seen mm. as who we are and the it is our yeah. deepest desire i'm con- like so convinced of that Fully. we all want to be seen as who we are and we all have this light to give or to mm. bring and if we're just given permission to be real what a gift mm. Ugh. and to take off the masks of having to look shiny or yeah. happy all the time and i feel like it's you know a lot of the time i'm not going to put it black and white but you know it comes down to wanting to be accepted or loved or belong but that comes through and f- is filtered out some people we overwork ourselves or we want to look chiseled or we want to be a womanized i don't know woman like just and it is reflected in different ways because different parts of us are trying to protect this little inner child that all they want is to be seen totally. and belong and this cuts through all these kind of facades of i have to do x so i have to look like y mm. to feel that but and when someone cries it just shatters that and goes oh my god you are like yes. tim the tech guy we are going through the same thing yes i won't be as annoyed at you if you don't fix my computer you know by 4 p.m <laughs> yeah yes mm. and if we would do i think like a popularity test after um no one would like that person less. In fact, everyone would like that more person more. Fully, yes. You know? Fully. <laughs> and why don't we believe that it's so misinformed? Mm. You know, the inner child is misinformed in that way. And, you know, they're, 
they're trying to keep us safe for sure mm. by you know not sharing or not being vulnerable but actually it, it's doing the opposite reframing vulnerability as a strength not it's a, weakness. a strength yeah mm. yeah and for me that's been my gateway it took me yeah very only in the past few years as i have i started to reprogram this on a deeper level and really see vulnerability as a gateway of deeper connection like all my closest friends it's because for example, when my parents split, I, for the first time, actually cried to them and lent on them. It was freaking scary because I'm like, if I'm leaning on someone, they leave or they're not supportive, I fall. So it, re- it requires, you know, emotional risk. But the reward is, you know, if you trust the right person and there's, you know, they, yeah, they've cultivated that safety already, then it's the most magical thing. And, yeah, I'm like envisaging like this taller, beautiful tower because you're both leaning on each other and you're both – you're all – seeing each other yeah yeah and i think we should all encourage all our friends and everybody that we're interacting with to just feel their feelings and express them because mm. it's so powerful mm. and we're all i mean a lot of us keep our feelings to ourselves i def- definitely did that for the first 30 years of my life or mm. something you know probably without realizing yeah without realizing mm. i thought i was just living you know, and then reclaiming that and just being like, hey, I have a feeling about this and I'm going to express it. Or now it just expresses without me trying. Fully, yeah. <laughs> and it catches me unaware. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I love that. Before, when you were saying, oh, it's a different conversation on how to cultivate that magic, I feel like it's a very relevant combo when you're like, uh, feeling your feelings is the first step to getting in touch with your genius, your magic. Mm-hmm. If someone is listening to this like okay I actually don't disagree I I love the idea of this but my friends just unload on me that I'm not like or I can't trust my friends or I actually have no one to feel my feelings or I have no idea what the hell that means Mm. what what's the first step I think the first one is to create intentional space for yourself to be with your feelings and look at find out what that means for you because it is different for everybody so there's no like menu card that Mm. you can use I mean there's definitely a few tools but for me creating a safe space to feel my feelings would look like this for example if I feel sad or sadness coming up and I want to give it space I would potentially have a bath and play some sad music Mm. and light a candle and create a space for me to feel held in that way or I could watch a really sad movie like P.S. I Love You is Good. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. Where he writes the letters? Yes. I die. Yeah. So, <sighs> like, that's a really – because I am not that easily in connection with my sadness because it's something that I've hidden I'm my whole life. Yeah. And so I have to really give Pull it permission. It and if I can feel – if I feel hurt now, then I have to create space. Mm. And I definitely – what I do not do is try to bypass it. Mm-hmm. And be like, I'm just going to try and change this into a happy or grateful feeling because that doesn't work. What are the positives of this experience? Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. And that's actually saying um, two things. One, I resonate deeply with I haven't been in touch with my sadness because it was so painful growing up that I have all these protectors to get, you know, to protect me. But now, and you no, know, it was around X number of years ago. And I realized that, but. So I, I didn't cry often, but in movies, I'd cry all the time. I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Mm. And then I realized it was the soundtrack. It was a score. So for me, music is the literally gateway. the golden key to my heart. And so I created this playlist called Self Sound Healing. And it's these emotive, beautiful scores from like some are from movies. If anyone wants it, let, like reach out because it's so powerful. And I put this on, I go watch Sunset and I just let the tears come. 
And that's so one, it's like really encouraging the feelings, but two, something that I uh, learned the hard way for so many years, I, I was doing it for a reason. So it was like, I'm feeling so I can fix them. And it was that mentality, very like masculine or linear way of thinking where it's like, okay, I'm going to get in touch with my sadness so I can get rid of it. It's like, well, that's not no. unconditional love. That's not that feminine, that mother, that caring, mm. which is what we're, again, we just want to be seen. It's not the, if I have a problem, I go up to my friend and I tell them about it and they try to fix me. It's like, babe, I just want to cry. Like, And that's reconciling, yeah, deeper parts of us. So, yeah, just want to preface for people, yeah, to go feel, but go feel for the sake of feeling and practice that, almost that reparenting, that motherly, that loving that part, even though it might not be easy, especially if it's a dark part or like, for me, the parts of myself that are hardest is the parts of me that judge. So it's very mm. hard to judge that. If it's sad, it's almost endearing. It's like, oh, a little sedgy. But if it's like the judgment part, I'm like, oh, why are we here again? I judge the judgment. Yeah. So it's very... Um, I hear you. Fully. I also have that part. Yeah. Self-righteous it's Mila. Full, and it's natural. <laughs> but it's like if we can love those parts, yeah. then, oh my God, our life will change. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm. I love that. Yeah. It is the learning how to hold space and, and really... Um, I had some a therapist once tell me this was equine therapy and it was amazing for me because I got to spend time with this horse and you know she witnessed me and she so, yeah equine therapy I, is with horses yeah so with you horses just you spend time with horses oh, wow. yeah it's amazing is it with surely dogs are a thing as well yeah I'm sure that's a thing too. yeah, yeah. Canine I mean therapy. All, all all animals should fully. be therapy yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah fully yeah. <laughs> but I, I spent time with this horse and I was just like you know touching it and talking to it really softly mm. and then the therapist mirrored me after after the session and she was like you know how you spoke to the horse oh wow yeah. do you ever speak to yourself that way and i was like never My never drop yeah yeah wow. and so i'm learning that it's the reparenting mm. of when i have a moment that is inconvenient an mm. inconvenient emotion mm -hmm. or an uncomfortable emotion Fine. That I just allow it and then I talk to myself like I spoke to the horse. <laughs> Fully. For me, yeah. And I think that's why things like um, internal family systems, the psychotherapy technique that almost personifies feelings is so powerful because 99% of people can probably relate where they're so compassionate, so loving to their best friends, their family, anyone. But as soon as it's you, it's like, mm, said you didn't do the dishes again or you didn't yeah. go to the gym. Of course you didn't. It's like if someone else didn't go to the gym hell no i would never say that totally but just say that part of like seeing that part of me that wants to procrastinate as someone else or you know if you go further and further and it's usually i don't know in a child or whatever that is suddenly you can see them as a little child it's like mm. would you rebuke a little child mm. you'd freaking hope not mm. and it allows you to begin expanding that compassion towards yourself mm. not easy not easy but but it, there's it's no end game, remember? There's no end it's a game. Practice. I love that. Wow. Can I ask, for when would you recommend people feeling their feelings on their own, watching Sunset with a self-sound healing playlist versus someone that can go seek out support? And that, that would be a better, more yeah. safe option. I think that is a self-discernment. Mm question mm. i would invite people to really feel into what they want i i do both i always have support mm. it's really important to me um and i always have access to 
people that I can go to for this kind of stuff. But I'm also increasingly getting better at having the intuitive capacity and the, the capacity to hold myself and to create intentional space for myself. And I, I've worked with the parts of me, so I know them now. Mm-hmm. And I know, oh, this is... 10-year-old Neela. Yeah, fully. Throwing a tantrum. Yeah, yeah fully. <laughs> I feel like I feel like at the start, it's very, very handy to have support. Because like when I saw a psych, she was reflecting t- things to me that, hell no, but they were fully in my blind spots. I didn't have the capacity or that. Mm. I kind of visualize it as like this bubble of awareness. And like the more you, you know, uh, go down this self-discovery journey, the more this bubble of awareness gets bigger and bigger. And then mm. you realize this whole area of your life that you – have it that you weren't living in misalignment in um but at the start it's really hard when you don't have any kind of space between yourself and the feelings there's no witness that's mm. been developed that's why meditation is so important because it allows you to notice the, sens- the sensations notice the emotions coming up but if you don't have much mindfulness experience there's you know you are angry rather than you are feeling angry yes and i feel like the support at the start can really help with that. Yeah, I agree. And also someone to listen to your stories and mirror them back and help you see the patterns. Help you reframe. Yeah, yeah. because sometimes you don't see them yet. And even I, like I saw um, one of my coaches this morning, I had a conversation with her and she pointed out something to me and I was like, oh, I didn't understand. She was like, no, no, this is a disproportionate reaction, I think. You're being triggered. It's the same old thing that happens here. Oh, the pattern. Yeah, you, know? right you said, and I think meant reframe, yeah. And so it was like, that's still helpful for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and I also have to keep telling myself that all throughout life, I want to go in leaps and bounds for sure, but I'm always going to do two steps forward, one step back, Mm -hmm. two steps forward, one step back. And I just have to be okay with that and hold myself through it, you Mm. know? I love that. So it's like a lot of what we've been speaking about is coming back into alignment, coming back to our genius. How do you get to the point where, like, you know, yeah, you said you're feeling fully in flow. Things are coming to you. Opportunities keep coming. That's like one step further where you're you're co-creating with the universe. Yes. Like how do you get to that point where is it, I'm guessing, listening to your intuition? Is that? Yeah, there would be a few steps to it. So the first one would be really connecting with your feelings and being embodied mm-hmm. and being able to allow your feelings to guide you. So if something really pisses you off or something makes you really sad, then you would know not to repeat that, you mm-hmm. know, or not to choose mm-hmm. those scenarios Mm -hmm. in your life consciously so it is always about creating intentional living knowing you know these are the things that don't work for me these are the things that work for me this is how I feel when this happens and this is how I feel when this happens and the magic response to you feeling positive emotions and so the more that you can cultivate positive emotions in your life by doing the things that you love I mean it sounds so simple Mm. But the more that you can cultivate wonder and the more that you can, I call it court yourself, Mm -hmm. like the more that you can romance yourself and create the life that you want, you're courting your inner beloved as such. Mm. It's like the muse, you're courting yourself in this life that you want to live. And then you're always feeling good. I mean, not always, but you have a higher propensity of feeling good because you're doing what you want and you know what you want. So it's like... Uh, it's like a science experiment. It's like do X, you'll li- that'll lead to Y. Yeah. Do X, that didn't lead to Y. Y. Okay, this yeah. variable, this variable. Yes. And then you're getting closer and closer to the blueprint yes. that you need to follow. That's going to lead to more positive emotions. Yes. So like, and so that's it. So you can over time create more positive, like positive emotions, and that's kind of that expands your frequency. Mm. And then, 
the more that you start believing and trusting, we talked about at the beginning, love how this is yes. coming back together. We planned all of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more that you can cultivate your trust muscle and start believing, because I fully now believe it. I'm like, everything is trying to conspire in my favor mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And for me, it happens all the time, mm-hmm. but I believe it, you know? So I think looking the second piece would be really looking at your belief systems around things so for example one i think we discussed earlier was we believe that hard work is needed in us in order for us to feel worthy you oh, know put, put your hands up if you feel that yeah seriously hands are up hands are up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's one that most of us have um i mean we could talk about limiting beliefs for hours but it's looking at those and looking at which are the ones that I'm willing to kind of let go of, you mm-hmm. know, or not not be attached to mm-hmm. and replacing them with with more fun ones like I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. So this is the most difficult part in my coaching work where it's like helping people connect with where they might be unhappy and feel into that emotion. What is that emotion trying to tell us? OK, that could that'll lead us to that deep ingrained limiting belief for me, the hardest part is reprogramming this. If I'm 20 years old, 30 years old, 50 years old, 70 years old, I've been living with this limiting belief my entire life that's been great because of my parents, because of society, whatever that is. So although a lot of people can identify, okay, yeah, you know what, cognitively, I can rest. I am worthy of rest. You know, being busy isn't it, isn't required, but then how do you actually get them to not just cognitively understand that, but deep somatically in their body, like, mm. and actually live and apply that. That is for me the hardest thing. Cause you're trying to rewrite a story that's been in you for decades, potentially. Mm. I'm going to say something controversial. Do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Your face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have permission. Oh, work, um, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can let it go. And my way of doing it is through ritual practice. I feel, I mean, I have a deep connection to my inner magician Mm. and we all have access to a magician Mm. inside us or outside us. And that part of us is a being function, not a doing function. And it can choose to create an intentional space, for example, for sadness or to feel a feeling. And it creates ritual spaces. So when we would create an intentional space, you know, and a ritual is basically an intentional space to be in communication with the unseen world. You know, mm. you're, you're talking to the universe, you're mm. calling God, whatever mm. you want to call it. Ritual ceremony. Yeah. yeah. So you're creating an intentional space to um, be in conversation and ask for something or just have a conversation if that's your jam, you know, but you could use it to ask for something. And in that space, time is timeless, we have a different concept of time. You know, it's like when you, remember when you have this amazing moment in your life that's you're so moved and you're so present and you're so in flow, it always either feels shorter or longer than it actually is. Mm. You know, the time is different. It's called Kairos time in in Greek. And and Kronos time would be your dentist appointment, you know. I should know this is a half Greek person. (laughs) (laughs) So... These moments of intentional warped time can be created through ritual and you can actually ask for assistance and be like, 
right, I'm going to step into my magician mode, mm -hmm. and I am going to intentionally let this thing go and untether from this story. Mm and then I'm gonna choose not to call it back because I think we often let go of things and then we let them back in. Mm, why? It keeps us safe mm. because it's an old story that keeps us, you know, that thing of when you wanna create the life of your dreams, you have to be accountable mm. because when you start telling people, then you have to show up for it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and, and, and also the people and situations we find ourselves in. If I've changed, but I go back to, an old set of friends or an old workplace that continuously give me feedback that, no, 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 we expect this amount from you or you need to look a certain way. Like you open up a magazine, there's eight packs everywhere. Mm. So it's also being super intentional with the environment you're around to reflect the high frequency of I don't need to look or do whatever that is. I keep saying those because they're ones that I've had to re really reprogram mm. a lot. Yes, I mean, and it's forever ongoing, right? It's mm -hmm. like you also, at some point, it's possible that you start meeting new people because they're starting to align with your new frequency and then s maybe some people kind of, you know, drop off, mm. unfortunately. You know? I do see this part as like the, when you finally stop swimming upstream and you, you let go and then that waterfall that you're so scared of going over, mm. you fall over and that there is a drop of some capacity, mm. but you're caught underneath. Yes. And it's this beautiful, magical place, but it does require this scary drop, which there will be some some potentially pain. Yes. Yeah, and some loss. And I think the not feeling of the feelings is the same analogy because we're not afraid we're, we're not afraid of good feelings typically, mm -hmm. you know, like more joy, yes, but we don't feel our sad feelings or uncomfortable feelings because we have this thing of like, well, I'm going to go down the waterfall and where will it take me? Mm -hmm. Is this going to last forever? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be sad for three months, six months, 12 months? I don't know. We're afraid of the unknown, mm -hmm. but actually our capacity as a magician means that we can process the feeling quite quickly. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what your experience is, but when I really create intentional space for sadness, it takes, you know, 50 minutes mm -hmm. <laughs> or something. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I need to sometimes create a space where I can have a good scream or a cry. And then it's processed. Mm -hmm. It goes really fast. Mm -hmm. Depends on what it is for me. Sometimes, a lot of the time it is quick. Um, but if it's older stuff, it requires oh, yeah. a lot, for sure. Yeah. And I think also... For me, to not expect it that it would be released is was helpful because sometimes it would be fully released and I felt great. And other times I'm like, well, I still feel sad. And that's mm. also okay. That's also okay. That's also okay. Yeah, fully. And then the knowing that what's blowing my mind at the moment is that I can also feel sad and happy at the same time. Mm. Like I can have an old story that's alive for me or a dream I had in the morning, you mm. know, and then at the same time be really excited about life and... It's not so one-dimensional. Mm, yeah. I love that. Can I ask, where in your life do you still struggle, if you do? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Um, one of the things, one of the edges that I have at the moment is I have been talking about magic to myself for years, and I've created magic, you know, spaces for magic, and I've been studying it. And this is not the Hogwarts kind of magic, but this, like, we have this capacity for intuition and for getting the universe to co-create with us mm -hmm. and maybe not all of this is scientifically explained but I definitely know it exists and I know how to cultivate spaces you know to enhance it mm -hmm. and I'm terrified to talk about it I'm mm -hmm. doing it now and a part of me is like don't do that it's which category right so it's in like 
yeah, the fear of judgment of being too woo-woo, yeah. that's something I feel all the time. I identify as being spiritual, mm. but I also have such aversion with saying that because it's, yeah, it gets painted with, okay, she's not as credible potentially because, totally. you know, it's not backed by science. But it's also, you can't describe the love between a mother and a daughter. Exactly. Is it real? Great. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You know, mm. and I'm sometimes terrified. Mm. You know, when I started talking about it in public, I'd be like, oh my God. And on my LinkedIn, I have all these people that are from my Snapchat career mm. and all of the corporate careers I had before that, you know, and then what's John from CBA going to think about me talking about... Bloody John. Oh, John, you know? <laughs> he just wants to be loved too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But somehow that mm. was the thing for me. And it's still a thing for me some days Fully. where... It's hard for me to talk like I'm doing this and I'm doing it with so much joy and I'm telling you about it because it's what I'm most passionate about. And you probably also know that I'm receptive to it. Yes. So I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with this if they start a new journey. The fear of judgment of something, of leaving corporate, of not of being lazy, of, of being spiritual or hippie or whatever that is. How do you navigate that? Mm. Yeah. And it's courage. You have to have courage and a lot of self-love, mm. <laughs> like the horse. Mm. <laughs> Talking to myself like the horse. Yeah, fully. Yeah. And and having support, because I have to admit that I have a really good support system. Mm. Yeah. Like friends and... And I have a therapist and yeah. yeah, I talk to people. Yeah. And also just trust that the people that judge you are not meant to be there. Right. And that is the waterfall falling and people getting caught on rocks, maybe without being too <laughs> aggressive. Yeah. But as in like... You know, people, these are, might be the people that don't serve you anymore. If mm. you try to explain yourself and, it, you know, you're communicating from this deep place of this is true to me, this is what's important to me. And if they judge you for that, you know what? That's okay. Yeah. That, that might be a sign. Totally. And I think, you know, Brene Brown's already in the field. I'll just I can I pull her in back in. <laughs> in. One day she'll be on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Good. I love that. Yeah. Dream big. Magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think she says something like, I will not be judged by anyone who's not in the arena. Oh, I love that. I love her. Yes. yes. And it's like, that's it. You oh. know, it's so easy for us. And we, I mean, I've definitely done that in the past too, where I've been critical of people. And actually it's just, again, the younger part of me that wouldn't want to be that person mm. or can't be that person yet. Pulling them down. Yeah. And yeah. Making them realize that you're not there. Yes. Mm. And so we should never be judged by other people. Like it's, if you're stepping into your light, it takes courage. Mm. So that's what the arena is, is taking responsibility for yourself and stepping into a life that is more aligned to you. To you. I would say so. And <sighs> like, because it's always, mm. the leadership starts with self. So it's becoming a self leader. And as much as I always say it's easy and it can be joyful, it doesn't have to be so hard. Like we can create intentional space, et cetera, et cetera it still requires accountability and mm. it still requires uh, commitment and intent and staying power, mm -hmm. you know, and, and consciousness and all of those things. And it's not going to be, it's not going to always be super rosy, mm. you know, but you will feel alive all of the time. You know? <laughs> I so agree with that. And that's something that, for example, both of us probably resonate and identify with people that feel happy often and that can be triggering for some people, I'm sure. Um, but it's that's why I feel like it's so important for, I'll speak for myself, for me to showcase when I'm not feeling overly happy. Started mm. this week, I'll, you know, some emotion came up and I it was like, you know what, I'm going to record a video and put that out there because it, it shatters the illusion that 
we're always happy or that we're always seeking happiness. I feel mm. like that's that can be a dangerous thing for me. Mm that you know, I always want to be happy. It's like, actually, I just want to feel, I just want to feel mm. alive. And that includes the sadness because they're so important. We live in a, a, not a vacuum. So there's going to be things that, you know, bring sadness within us from our past or whatever that is. But yeah. Uh, me too. I embrace it. Mm. I mean, I don't always love it. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm committed to it. Mm. And I, I really, I find beauty in sadness a lot. Fully. Where I'm like, wow, like, I am sad because I cared about something deeply, you know? A hundred percent. I feel like the capacity to feel, I said this a few times on the podcast, the fit to feel the lower vibration, if you want to call it that, mm. those emotions, it sensitizes you to feel the highest yes. of the highs. You can't numb yourself to, from one Completely. Yeah, thing without numbing yourself to the other. Yeah, mm. yeah. And there's beauty. There's always, I find, if I'm ragey or really angry, something always changes mm -hmm. it's a really generative uncomfortable feeling fully because i'm like not this you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fully. and then you make the change and then like, you make the change oh my god the time has flown yeah <gasps> hey it. timeless time timeless oh my god yes okay to finish off i would love to ask you what is your definition of living a wondrous life mm. It would start with the intention of seeing the miracles of every day. Mm. So actually, there's probably two pieces. One is you can perceive the miracles. So you're always open. The senses are open. You're curious. You are really seeking the beauty of the world in other people, in nature, in everything. There's a story to everything. You're constantly like seeing it through the eyes of a newborn baby mm. kind of thing. So like that, that's one is the perception of the miracles that are there everywhere. Mm. And then the second one is to create intentional space for them to just really get better at knowing yourself and mm. knowing what lights you up because mm. what lights you up is also your genius, you know, mm. and that's what the world needs more of. And, I want to also just pin that what lights you up is what we need. Like mm. things are hanging in the balance a little bit in the world mm. and we need more joy and we need more genius and we need more imagination. Mm. And so people really committing to creating intentional sp space for themselves to be more in their magic and their genius is exactly mm. what we need as an antidote to the world. Mm. Interesting that following this, even if it doesn't make sense, and I always say, especially if it doesn't make sense, following what lights you up and that will lead you to the role that you're meant to play. Oh, 100%. Mm. It's that easy. Mm. Find your joy in more, th like your bliss, I think what mm. Joseph Campbell says, but mm. find your bliss, your joy in the things and really cultivate it. Mm. And then... And expect it to be a roller coaster. Yeah, and then all the breadcrumbs lead to grandma's house. Yes. We yeah. love grandma. Yeah. And John and Tim. <laughs> oh my god thank you so much this was can so you, fun this is so much fun in the new studio i love it can you uh share how people can find you sure i have a website mm -hmm. it's wonder w-o-n-d-r so now e mm -hmm. dot global mm -hmm. same on instagram so you can find me there i love you i love you i love you too <laughs> i, I love, love you too there I you love go you. yay <laughs> thank you so much and that is it Okay, friends, that is it for this episode. If you got inspired by something, please don't let this be yet another podcast you listen to and forget. Instead, 
try and focus on the biggest takeaway you got and actually apply it to your life by making a change from today. If you think someone in your life can also get value from it, please share this episode with others. The more that join this journey, the better the world will be. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And finally, if you'd like to connect, jump on my Instagram and shoot me a message. All the links will be in the show notes. Other than that, that's it from me today and I'll catch you next time.